0: Hey everyone, it's Rebecca. You're listening to Superwomen. Before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to do some shameless plugging. So if you haven't bought a handbag or an incredibly appropriate Zoom sweatshirt, aka our best-selling Janine, head over to my site. This podcast is brought to you by the support of you. So would love for you to buy some gifts, enjoy some of our sales that we're having, and just support the cause and the brand that floats this podcast. Also, I'm not sure if you've heard, but I launched a fragrance. It is available at Macy's and Nordstrom and Birchbox and Sandbird. So I highly, highly advise you smell good from the comfort of your bed or living room. Hey everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is Blythe Hill, the founder of the Dressember organization, where you can commit to helping end child trafficking and the exploitation of adults and or kids alike in the horrific industry that exists, sadly, and should be eliminated. So some of this episode is triggering. I do want to warn you, but I think it's worth a listen because we all need to do our part to end this Disgusting and not even human way of treating people. Take a listen. All right, so welcome, Blythe. I'm so excited to have you on, and um, you're the founder of Dressember.org. So, would you tell you know my listeners a little bit about what Dressember is?
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Dressember is an anti-human trafficking organization. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. And our main campaign is an annual challenge where we invite men and women to take on the style challenge of committing to wearing either a dress or a tie every day during the month of December as a way to raise funds and awareness for the issue of anti-trafficking. We have been at it for seven years now, and in seven years, we've been able to raise over $10 million for anti-trafficking work across the U.S. and across the world.
0: Wow. That is incredible. I want to get into the trafficking because I feel like it's been, thank God, finally, mainstream media seems to be covering it and talking about it. And this is not an easy subject to talk about, especially as a mom. Mm-hmm. But what made you want to start this even in the first place?
1: Yeah, I I first learned about trafficking when I was in college. I Really, just accidentally came across an article about sex trafficking in India and was absolutely horrified. This was around 2005, and at that time, the conversation—I mean, there wasn't much of a conversation—but the conversation that the media was having about it was, "Wow, look at this issue that's happening across the world in developing countries, and um, you know, commercial sex tourism in these third-world countries," and it wasn't yet something that. I perceived or kind of the larger culture perceived as like, no, this is happening in every country of the world. It's happening here in the US. It just looks very different. But when I, when I first read about it, yeah, I was just horrified. And I felt this sense of personal urgency that I had never felt before. And I really took that for granted for years. I thought, oh, surely, you know, surely everyone feels this way. Everyone feels as strongly as as I feel about this, or they would if they knew about it, if they knew the, the scale and the depth of exploitation. But it wasn't for a couple of years that I really connected. The reason that I personally feel so, so strongly, so passionately about this issue is because of my own experience of sexual abuse as a child I was around 4 or 5 the first time I was molested and it was someone I trusted and and someone I should have been able to trust and you know fortunately I actually feel I feel really blessed that I had access to trauma therapy you know well into my 20s this is something I was carrying and dealing with for literally decades and and having to unpack its impact on my identity and my self-worth and I feel like it it did give me this glimpse into, I mean, I experienced the abuse, you know, I experienced sexual abuse. And so this glimpse into what it is like to be seen for only your body and only your ability, you know, just, just to be, I guess, used in that way. And so that for me is what makes this fight sustainable, that I can stay in it despite how heavy it is and how devastating it is on people's lives is I know that healing is possible I know this is an issue that we can put an end to it's honestly just gonna take all of us and it's going to take resources
0: yeah so what do you tell the people who hit this issue and it's so triggering right whether it's their own Uh, experience like, like you had, or, or even some people who aren't even willing to confront what's happening in our backyards, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I would love to have my children's life be one where they can go outside and run around. And then you read about these things. And what's going on just in America, sadly, right. Mm -hmm. And it's overwhelming. And then you go, okay, I just can't pay attention because then I'm going to cry all day, right? Like I'm on the verge of tears hearing about your story. So Mm. how can people overcome that? I I just can't process this. Like life's already fucked up enough. You know what (laughs) I mean?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. That's a normal response, especially in a year like this one, right? It's like we all want to retreat. I mean, not everyone is like this, but I'm someone who like I feel empowered by information. And so- I think when you come up against this like sort of amoebic cloud of danger and just devastating information, it can be really overwhelming. But I I really think that if you find accurate data, accurate information, you can actually know what to look for either in your children's lives or in others' lives. You can look for warning signs and you can help. Prevent this crime. Like we, we all probably come in contact with victims of trafficking more often than we realize. They are quote unquote normal people that live and walk among us. And if we continue to portray trafficking as children or adults locked in a closet somewhere or um, unable to come and go uh, in the way that many victims are. We keep them from self-identifying as victims and we keep ourselves from also helping those people. So I would encourage anyone who's listening who's just feeling like, oh, I want to skip this episode, (laughs) um, (laughs) that there 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 is a lot we can do as a society. And it doesn't have to be heavy. Like that's, that's one of the great things about Dressember is we really provide people with a fun, easy way to engage in this fight where you can bounce between the heavy statistics and the reality of the, the issue um, and then the, the fun and the fashion. And there can be a lot, of, a lot of hope and a lot of fun in the advocacy work that we're doing.
0: Yeah. I find a lot with my charitable activities, even though I want to turn my head away and like go into a hole, the minute I do some action, I feel better, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I don't mean just donating. That's obviously great and needed, but I think getting more involved, at least you're doing something about it, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's another powerful thing about Dressember surprise. Like it continues to surprise me that, Really, when I connected Dressember, which was just this like quirky, fun style challenge I came up with years ago with the issue of human trafficking, it was because I was looking for a tangible way to engage in this fight. And you know, seeing thousands of people join in tells me that so many people feel that way too. They want to do more than just donate, or maybe they don't have much to donate, but they, they want to take some tangible action. And it can sound super silly when you first hear it, like, oh, putting on a dress or a tie, like what's that actually going to do? But then when you look at $10 million and the impact that every single one of those dollars has made, it's pretty incredible.
0: Do you have something that stands out as like a notable moment, obviously everything you do has real change. Do you have like a story that comes to mind with where you've seen these dollars go and the impact it's made?
1: Yeah. You know, in non-COVID times, I make um, at least one trip per year, sometimes multiple trips per year to visit our Dressember Network partners across the world. And, And it is always such an honor and a reminder of the importance of the work that we're doing when I get to interact with survivors. And they are some of the strongest people that you'll ever meet. They're just amazing and beautiful people. So one that continues to stand out is a young lady I got to meet in the Dominican Republic in Santo Domingo. When I met her, she was 17. And she was just this quiet, sweet, joyful girl, like had this beautiful... Light about her, and it took me a long time to connect the fact. You know, I heard her story later, which was she was sold into trafficking by her mother, who was a drug addict, and basically sold her for money to buy drugs. And when December Network partners uh, found her, she was fifteen and pregnant, five months pregnant, um, working as a prostitute in Santo Domingo. And so, hearing the heaviness of that story and the trauma of of course, the sexual exploitation, but also the emotional trauma of of being betrayed by your mother, you know, who is, is is supposed to protect you and be there for you and instead does the complete opposite. That story sticks with me because it's so, it's just horrifying on multiple levels. And yet, Again, seeing like meeting her at sort of the end of her recovery process where she's had so much healing and experienced so much safety and healing and sort of a restoration of healthy relationships just reinvigorated me and continues to reinvigorate me that, okay, this is it's terrible what is happening to people. And we can stop that and we can speed up intervention times and we can also provide. Literally life changing restorative work in their in their lives that the trajectory of her life has completely changed because of this work. So that's that's one story. Sorry if that that was a really heavy one, but that that one always sticks with me.
0: It was heavy because I I would love to be able to just say oh it was the it was the messed up men who who mess with people, but to hear that someone's own mother yeah did that to them is quite horrific. There's a another rescue organization that I have donated to and follow. And when I saw that it was two women with all these little kids, I was like, I can't believe we're betraying our own what we're supposed to be mother earth, you know, and that that's hard, man. But for me, my instant reaction is I got to do more, right. I got to, I can't look in the mirror unless, unless you know, I either donate or I get involved or get active in some way. So I'm hoping everyone who's listening feels that same sense of urgency that to do that. So where are the chapters uh, now, and how can people get involved?
1: We're all over the the dressember community is spread across six continents. We're we're still waiting on someone in Antarctica to put on a tie or a dress, but we are all over. Our kind of biggest hubs are Los Angeles, New York City, um, Austin, Dallas, Seattle, and then like UK, and we've got a, a pretty big group in Finland and yeah, we're, we're all over. So it's primarily an online campaign, although it's, it's way more fun to create a team of people, uh, whether you invite friends or coworkers, family members, and set a team goal and then, um, work towards that impact together.
0: So December is obviously coming up. So it is. What are we What are we doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean the biggest the biggest step, honestly, is committing to do the challenge. Right? It's that's the hardest thing for people is okay, a month of dresses or ties, and it is very much choose your own adventure. I'm going to do a month of ties this year for the first time. So making the decision to be part of it. And, you know, especially in a season where we're all in our pajama pants, working from home, pretty much (laughs) deciding, okay, this is worth it to sacrifice my, my comfort and, you know, take a little bit of effort to put on this uniform in a sense of, of an advocate. And then it really just takes a couple minutes to sign up at dressember.org slash fundraise. And then the next big step is just tell people what you're doing, you know, in person and over Zoom and on social media. And, uh, we have a whole page of resources, dressember.org resources with survivor stories and 31 days of statistics and social media graphics that you can share. And we just, we try to make it as easy as possible for people to start these conversations and spread accurate information.
0: And if someone wants to donate, what does their money help fund?
1: Yeah. So right now we have 14 programmatic partners across the U.S. and across the world. And we are really holistic in what we're funding. So we are resourcing protection programs like foster care advocacy programs that are educating foster kids about this issue because there's such a huge overlap between the foster system and trafficking, unfortunately, in the U.S., we also have partners who train what we call frontline workers, so people in professions like hospitality or transportation or the medical industry, people who are likely coming in contact with trafficking victims without realizing it. We, we train them how to spot and safely partner with law enforcement to intervene um, in order to speed up that intervention time. And then on the on the other side with survivor aftercare and recovery and safe housing and vocational training, hugely important is vocational training because a lot of people fall into trafficking either because of economic desperation. They, they thought they were going somewhere for a legitimate job opportunity and um, it was a bait and switch. Or they have been trafficked since a very young age and are kind of developmentally stunted, for lack of a better term, I guess, um, and need the sort of mentorship and coaching to kind of awaken what their dreams and goals and career path might be. So when when you support Dress Ember, the cool thing is you get to be a part of all of that work. You know, you get to have an impact locally and internationally and everything from from prevention protection all the way through to the restoration piece.
0: Okay, so we're going to we're going to pick our poison dress or tie uh-huh. for the month of December. You've obviously said go to dressember.org to get assets so we can obviously share this and you know your money is going to great things and helping people heal. Is there anything that I didn't
1: ask you that I should have? You know, I think one thing that's important to talk about right now is the impact of COVID on the issue of trafficking, because it's it's honestly, it's been really devastating. All the data we have is early, but we're getting information from the National Human Trafficking Hotline that... The number of crisis trafficking situations increased by almost double at the onset of COVID. Um, So crisis situations are when people call and they're in immediate need of shelter, transportation or police involvement. Six weeks after shelter in place orders, calls to specifically the Los Angeles trafficking hotline increased by 80%. And there was a 70% increase in likely sex trafficking situations. Uh, at the at the start of COVID. So again, those are just like the first couple months of COVID, the data. But what we're seeing even on the kind of survivor end, you know, where there's been an intervention, they've gone through therapy and vocational training. And then usually the next step is they'll take a job in uh, a retail space, uh, you know, a restaurant or a cafe or someplace like that. And over 80% of the survivors within the Dressember network were reported to have lost their jobs at the onset of COVID. And these are people who don't have the kind of safety net that we do and, and need a little more help in terms of accessing unemployment, or maybe they're immigrants to this country and still waiting on their T visas. And so there's just a lot of layers of complication there. And so For the first time this year, Dressember actually provided cash assistance to survivors in crisis, um, many of whom are parents of young children, many of them in New York City, actually. So this is the year I know it's I know it's a big ask of people who, again, where a lot of us are at home, we're working from home. People we don't see many people except through our screens. But this is an important year. The urgency Is certainly there that people need us now more than ever. You know, looking at a a crisis that has made so many of us vulnerable, it makes it makes sense that people who were living in vulnerability before a crisis are now just exceptionally vulnerable. So, I would just you know personally invite uh, and appeal to anyone who is on the fence to to jump in and be part of this thing. Cause it's fun and you'll have a huge impact, especially this year.
0: I think we could all use a dose of, instead of worrying about what gifts we're giving everyone, um, maybe that, you know, instead of a gift or you add on to whatever you're buying and then buying X with you guys as a, an additional way to make sure these, these souls that have had this happen to them, you know, get a little bit of light this season.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And we do have some partner brands on our website as well in our marketplace. If someone wanted to support through a purchase like that.
0: Awesome. Thank you for the work you do for your constant willingness to keep supporting these victims of this. It's incredible. And uh, we're grateful to have you on this planet.
1: (laughs) Oh, thanks, Rebecca. Thanks for giving me the platform to share. Really appreciate that.
0: Yeah totally. So one last time, just share the site and the handles, uh, so that everyone can, can hopefully sear it into their brain.
1: Yeah, we are Dressember on Instagram. Um, Dressember.org is our website, Dressember.org slash fundraise to go directly to sign up. And you can kind of poke around our website and our blog for all sorts of great stories and information and resources.
0: Awesome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget to head over to RebeccaMinkoff.com. Show your love and support for the brand. Buy something for yourself. Buy something for another. And also don't forget to try my new fragrance. Again, it is available at all Nordstrom, Macy's, Scentbirds, and Birch Boxes, as well as our site.